This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This is part two of a two-part podcast. You can catch both parts of the podcast on prideofwest.london. So we're back in the globe. We're bearded right up, actually. And orange juice and fruit juice and anything else, because it's not all about having alcohol. You can drink whatever you want to that makes you feel comfortable. (laughs) Uh, You got that, Jamie? Yeah. Yeah, he's got that. (laughs) So you see, Jamie's... Jamie... Right, JB has had his last remove from him in front of him because, like, you know, I think he's had a few too many already. But anyway, listen, let's carry on with uh, the class of 22-23, Brentford and the Premier League. We all love a good sing-song at football. But I'm just going to go around the table here and find out what was your favourite chant of the season, JB. Well, can we play every week, obviously, to West Ham because we're used to singing that, but singing that to Man City... That wasn't something I expected to be doing at the uh, at the start of the season. That is a fair play as well. Uh, Ali Malali. Ericsson, what's the score? Uh, what was the score? Four 0 I think. <laughs> did he? Did he? Did he know what the score was? No, but Pontus told him. Ah, good old Pontus. Uh, Pontus, he's got the magic hat. Apparently, the Dutchman. I love the Fulham get battered chant. I love it even more on Sunday, on the last game of the season when. People singing either Fulham or Chelsea or City or you know any team that you want gets battered. I think that shows what a season we've had. A season we've had as well. Tottenham get battered as well at Tottenham, and uh, Tottenham weren't happy about that at all. They were like going, "This is the disrespect, Brentford are disrespecting us left, right, and centre," which I thought was wicked as well. Uh, we got Sherlock. I'm a huge fan of. We want you to stay aimed at a shit presence on the opposition team. Frank Lampard got it. Daniel Levy got it. Frankie Lampard, we want you to stay. Yeah, lovely. Did you want him to stay? At Chelsea for as long as possible, but he's not, so... And, and for me, uh, the one, of course, is like, you know, because at the end of the day, we're not going to... We can't revel in this much longer, because to be honest with you, they're not going to be in our league for... not in our league next season. <laughs> they might not be in our league for quite a while. But I must admit, I did love, like, you know, when that fifth goal, not the fourth or the third or the second or the first, the fifth goal 
went against Leeds United and of course yeah, Jesse Marshall was like complaining about all sorts and we were singing you're just a shit Ted Lasso <laughs> shit Ted Lasso if you're not seeing Ted Lasso you've got to see it because it's brilliant because like Ted Lasso is like Jesse Marsh um, but just, just brilliant you know what I'm saying which is all good so anyway we shall move on the season 22-23 which was a fabulous season for the bees I'm going to go around and ask you what your best away day. I'm going to go for my best away day, first of all. I'm going to say my best away day. And it's interesting that you talked about that last penalty, Ali Malali, which actually really upset you. But for me, I didn't care, even though we were winning that game and then we ended up drawing. I loved going to Forest this season. I had a right laugh at Forest. It was brilliant, you know. I almost sort of didn't quite go to Forest because, as you know, I've got my team, the Darn Barnet Panthers, which I have to coach in the morning. But I managed to coach a game and then get in the car, go up there. Still had a couple of pints before the game at the Stratford Avon, which is the pub that we normally go to. Then after that, we went to the game. I was there with Laney and Seb. Didn't quite get the points. Atmosphere was good. Saw my little forest characters before the game. But then after the game, it was on sort of pub. And then we went to the Navigation pub, which was actually quite wicked. And ended up with some Gary, who's got a pub. He's got a Brentford bar in his house, actually. Gary, the, the Nottingham Bee, which we went to beforehand as well. And we went out for some curry. And it was just a wicked, wicked away day. Ended up at sort of 2, 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning or something like that. But it was really good. And it's a, listen, if you haven't been to the forest, just go there because it's a great place. Great people, great pubs, good vibe, good stadium, old school, stadium on the river. It's 100% worth going to, better than Man City and Man United and all these places that everyone tells you you should go to. Wicked, wicked away day. JB. Well, I was lucky enough to to sit in a a very nice seat at the Arsenal Stadium um, when we played. Want sandwiches? Not quite, no. But um, a friend of mine I used to work with... uh, had a spare ticket and I went there. So it's horrible going in, a, in a, being in the home end <laughs> when we when you score. But but just that whole day out of, of us being on level terms with with Arsenal at that stadium, um, yeah, that was a highlight of a season for me. Ali Manali. Weird one for me actually. Um, Spurs actually because I've got quite a few mates who are Spurs fans, so we sort of like met beforehand, had a bit of a, a nice time beforehand, and then. Uh, we, we won and it was... It was, it was a bit of a nice time... Hold on a Nice time beforehand, please explain. Well, we just, um, just met and we had a bit I'm of... Actually, break. maybe don't explain, actually. Okay. <laughs> what are you trying to say, Bill? <laughs> we met, we had a bit of banter about the game before. I had people I hadn't seen for a while and then we all wandered down in the, in the sunshine to the game and it was nice and sunny and we won 3-1 and then bragging rights to us. It was great. I loved it. The Dutchman. Keeping football out of football, I, I always enjoy Newcastle away. That was another good trip. I was up there for the weekend, mixed a bit of family and a bit of friends. And yeah, it's a great stadium, great, great city, great fans, great people, shit result. Um, but if you do the traditional keep football out, Newcastle away. And I've got to say as well, Newcastle was actually my second on the list as well. Even though we got hammered by then, I thought Newcastle away. It's always, always a great weekend if you manage to do the right things as well. Uh, Sherlock? Uh, Chelsea away was great fun just a neighbourhood ram raid I mean the, the, I'll, I'll touch on them later but they were, they're were they not in a great shape but it was great fun to go to Stamford Bridge take the points comfortably no fuss no muss bring them home interesting that was your best away day Lenny I want to be a bit miserable I, I, I don't think I thoroughly enjoyed 
one away day in, in its entirety. Oh, so controversial mm, for 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 various reasons. Victor Muldry, yeah, a little bit. So I'm I'm going to go this. I'm going to go pre Bournemouth away. We were in a nice little pub and nice little um nice little brewery. And there were some good beers in there, and uh, we had a really good pre-Bournemouth. Post-Tottenham post was excellent, uh, I, I've got to say. Post-Tottenham post, um, in the Beavertown Brewery, I thought that was a really, really good one. But yeah, the, the travelling to and from, I've, I've not, not really enjoyed as a, as, a complete, as a complete one. I may be edging towards your... Lower league away days. Oh my God! This oh, what's going on here? It's all it's all going off in here. Like and I'm saying, it's like, there we go. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's it. Smashing the box up. Smashing the place up. Smashing the box up. No, what? God knows what they got up to before Tottenham. That's right. That's right. You can see. Yeah, that's right. Oh, there we go. Oh, look at all the faces. Oh, there we go. Amy's Amy's come over and she's not very happy at all like you know what I'm saying but listen you know we'll smooth things over but listen what we'll do is we'll get JB to actually just throw some stats over what, what, what's, the, what's the stats on that happening um, over the stage of the season JB at this stage of the season very unlikely I don't think it's happened since 1947 in this bubble <laughs> I, mean, I, mean, I mean Ali Malali I mean what's you know does it have anything to do with the pink top do you think it might have anything to do with the fact that she she at the top of the, the West End what do you think it could be. I'm just very worried the broken glass is going on on the chicken wings I had my eye on. So that's very disappointing. <laughs> that's right. So Ali Malali's been throwing glasses all over this pub, and we, we might have to have a word. <laughs> might, have have a, might have to have a word with her later. But anyway, you can tell this is all live and direct. Like this is just like a post-match podcast. Uh, in, 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 this, this hasn't happened on a previous podcast where. At, Ali normally threatens us with glasses, but she doesn't, she, she doesn't normally chuck them on the floor. She's, that's, that's right, that's right. So anyway, listen, we, we were talking about the, um, what were we talking about? We were talking about the best away day. So anybody else who wants to, uh, to, to interject on the best away day? Have we, have, we, have, we, have we done that? I mean, actually, you know, in its entirety, Liverpool was pretty good, wasn't it? Because like, we, I know it's recent, but we had two nights. We had the, um, you know... The, the, the coronation avoidance, not intentionally, but you can't see anything of the, the, the coronation in Liverpool. Except when we went to um, Laney's, that, 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 that Lane, no, oh, Love yeah, Lane, yeah, Love Lane Brewery. Brewery, and then at the top, quiz, they? They, had a, they had a coronation quiz at the top, actually, yeah, which yeah. Uh, you wanted to take part in, you know what I'm saying? but we didn't know any of the answers. No, we didn't, no, it was a good job, we just, we stuck to our chosen subject, which was drinking beer, <laughs> and um, we, 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 we excelled in the answers to that one. Yes. An- another point, please. Yes. And, uh, yeah, no, that's, that was good. You know, obviously it was a week before Eurovision as well. And, and it, was, Eurovi- it was Eurovision crazy. It was. Crazy. Kicked like crazy. And um, we, had, um, the, we had the old um, brilliant Indian restaurant, the Mowgli's. That was on the Sunday. And on the Saturday we went to the Soul Bar. Remember, we were in the Soul Bar and we were Mantronics. Oh, Christ, yes. <laughs> we won't talk about that too much because that went on for far too A very, very late night that was. But so, it was so Liverpool was kind of good, but this is all good. So we've talked about best away days. But listen, if you can't if you talk about the best away days, you've got to talk about your worst away day as well. JB? Yeah, I, I think it was very early on in the season, away at Fulham, yeah, just on the back of United, felt we could get something at Fulham. A few moments in that game, you lose. But uh, yeah, so all in all, but, but that did ultimately stay till the final whistle. So, um, Unlike they did. Well, oh, can't comment. <laughs> Ali? 
Ah, uh, Fulham, yeah. Sorry. No, the Dutch. Palace, because of watching the game through a letterbox view. Sherlock. Uh, it's got to be the same as the performance Villa. It just wasn't fun. It really wasn't fun. Lady. Wolves away. Wolves got nothing good to say about the place. Um, the stadium, the Bunsen burners, the just our performance. It was a, 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 just a sh- shocking day out. And, and for me, and this is a weird one as well, because it's one that we won and it's one that we're very happy with, but for me it was Chelsea. And, and the only thing is it's because I like to kick football out of football. It's not about what happens on the pitch, it's what happens in around it. And Chelsea, it's just, it's just a nightmare away day. It was a, uh, it was a Tuesday night. It was great because we had like, Katie from the Atlanta Bees who came out. We went to a few pubs beforehand. It's good. We had some vibes and everything like that. But just Chelsea doesn't really lend itself to a proper away day. A, the away days in London don't really happen. They're, just, they're, just not, they're not, not just quite right. Tuesday night in London ain't right. And then Tuesday night in London, when you've got to go to an area where they don't like to let you into any of the pubs locally, is just not really the one. So, listen, at the end of the day, it was cool. We did what we had to in Chelsea. We had fun before. We had a bit of fun afterwards. But Chelsea, in and around the football. The football was great. That comes later. But other than that, it wasn't really great. You know what I'm saying? Which is, uh, which is, which is all good. So, but this is, uh, listen, there's all sorts going on here with glass being cleaned up and everything like that. Still live on the podcast here at The Globe. We've got Amy here. She's doing that. And listen, she's wicked. If you come down there, she, honestly, wicked job. She's done down there. She'll take, very, she'll take great care of us. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> which is all good. Listen, um, I'm going to ask you uh, the funniest story. Right, you don't all have to, but has anyone got a funny? Anyone hands up? Got a funny story out there? Put your hands up. A funny story? Yeah. Funny story? Well, there was um, a bit of a protest on the um, besotted end of season podcast where Ali just decided to <laughs> just sm- smash the fucking place up. <laughs> that was yeah because she didn't like, yeah didn't Billy didn't ask enough questions apparently. Yes. Yes. That, that was very funny, and I'm laughing. <laughs> Any other funny funny stories uh, this season? Doesn't have to be Brentford. It could be anything. I quite enjoyed Jesse Marsh getting sent off. It was, it was. It sent off against who? Against us, obviously. Yeah, against against. Well, us. Not obviously, could get sent off at anyone. Did he get sent off more than once this season? I was just asking the question. Jesse Marsh getting sent off against Brentford was quite a lot of fun because he had a point, but he expressed it very, very badly, and he just looked a little bit. I think the fourth official was taller and he just was a little bit and I'm not a tall man myself and there was a little bit of pointing and kind of angry short man and then he got sent to the stands and he had his Ted Lasso trainers on and it was all quite funny anybody else a uh, funny moment uh, Ali Non Brentford but it's the Conte Tuchel handshake yes so that was, and, and all the memes and those strictly stuff that went on and around. for people that may not remember what, what happened exactly I don't remember who went to shake whose hand, but Conte went to shake Tuchel's hand, or somebody held one of them held onto the other's hand too hard, and they ended up doing some sort of like awkward dance while they held. That's like sort of the Macarena or something like that, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Sort of like, you had to look it up online. It was just a Tuchel Conte handshake, and it was, yeah. It was and like, any other fun, any other funny ones? Uh, the Dutchman. Leeds going down is quite funny. Uh, <laughs> 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 okay, we move on. <laughs> a lady. Sam Allardyce being named as Leeds manager, oh, I thought yes. it was quite funny, uh, which, um, which led to um, Leeds going down. <laughs> um, anybody else? 
I've got Frank Lampard returning to Chelsea. I thought which was quite funny because the thing is that he's just for. I mean, when he first went to Chelsea, we thought that was completely hilarious. But then they invited him back again, which was just like, hold on a second, this is like the sequel. You know what I'm saying? It's like they haven't learned and they still haven't learned, which is actually uh, just funny. Uh, Chelsea leads as well. They were quite funny for me as well. Um, uh, Ronaldo being subbed off again in Man United. He wasn't happy at all about that, but that was quite that, amusing. That, that, not going to his dugout and yeah. Yeah, that's right. Ronaldo not happy at all. I was coming up the World Cup as well. Um, it, in the build-up to the World Cup, you know, there's there's me kind of trying to get my excitement going, and I was thinking, who else is going to be going? Then all of a sudden, on the TV, you see all these characters are being broadcast back to the UK, and you're thinking, hold on a second. Are they supporting England? Are they supporting Argentina? And and the fake fans that they they flew in for the World Cup was was quite quite. I thought it was. I don't think it was funny at the time, but looking back on it, I think it was quite amusing. The thought of the thought that they can fool the world. <laughs> you know what I'm saying by just 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 filling in. You know what I'm saying and just sort of buying some people to pretend that they supported a country. Leeds would have taken more. Leeds definitely would have taken more actually to be to the World Cup. You know, more than the Argentinians and everybody else. Um, oh, awkward moment. Actually, awkward moments. Uh, anyone? I mean, I, I I actually got the Tuchel and, and Conte handshake. I, I didn't put it as funny, but I put it as an awkward moment any other awkward moments Ali uh, when we thought for about two minutes that the uh, Hollywood Betsman was going to present the player of the year award to Ivan I'm sorry. sorry this is at the end of season, the end of season awards. awards yeah and the uh, supporters player of the season was presented by I don't know if he's the chairman of Hollywood Bets and it was what, the day after Ivan got his ban and it was like we, I think I don't know about anybody else I used to go oh my god if this is Ivan this is just so embarrassing it's did, did like, he do it I don't know because I, did, I didn't see the awards Sorry? Did, did he do it? I didn't see the awards. He did do it, but it was Ben Me, so it was all right. Ah, yeah, okay, right. okay, of course. Uh, yeah, yeah, I knew that as well. Yeah, I think. Any, any other awkward moment, Lenny? Yeah, Ericsson coming back, there was, it was, it, it was just, it was awkward because I, we did owe him a big thank you for what he did for us, and it was, uh, and he owes us as well. And it was, it, it, it was just like a situation I just didn't want to see. It, it, but he, he got what he, he got what he deserved. <laughs> Sherlock. It was funny though. Um, <laughs> I've got the Mikhailo Mudrik transfer saga. I think we were in for Mudrik for about 16 million, and then Arsenal came along and offered 30, and we went, no, you're okay, fine. And Chelsea came along and offered 80 or 90 or something, and they signed him, and he ran in circles for half a season and didn't do that much. <laughs> And it was quite awkward. <laughs> uh, Ellie? No, I was just going to add to the ladies' thing. I think the Hall Ericsson thing would have been less awkward if the game had been later in the season. Yes. I think it was just too raw at that point for everybody. The raw. Any, any awkwardness or are you ever awkward? No. Uh, the Dutchman? Sergi Canos's tweets I'm finding slightly oh, yes. can you can you okay can, can, you, can you please enlarge on that because some people may not know exactly what we're talking about well he's, he's ex- as someone who you think would be impossible for him to fall out with the Brentford fans really after what he's done and what we've been through together but his seeming desire to get away has led himself to to make some fairly silly tweets around you know how the club should treat him and what he deserves and I really hope that his relationship with us doesn't end on a sour note because he deserves so much more than that because he has been a Brentford legend and we use that word loosely and he's contributed massively to our story and whether the club should let him go on a free or not is a, is a different question but I just hope he maintains a more dignified silence and things sort themselves out for him and us 
Any, anybody else? Anybody else? No, 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 no. So, okay, the next next one is gonna, and we have a, we have a, we have a phrase that you know I wouldn't necessarily want to use because even though we use it in a different term, it is uh, it is it is a phrase that we use of people who are, are a bit of 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 an idiot sometimes. A bit of a as we say. <laughs> so to me, who 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 has been the biggest? this season right okay and it could be anybody it doesn't have to be at Brentford it could be at another club it could be a pundit it could be anybody at the Dutchman Arteta at Arsenal double whammy for me uh, in reverse order in second place the whining over the VAR decision which I think actually the decision didn't cost them the title but his reaction to it and his negativity didn't help but for bringing on a child against us when they were 3-0 up at at New Griffin Park, you know, a 15-year-old kid, tuning up, three, not whatever they were at the time, um, was just insulting, degrading, disrespectful. I don't think the kid's been anywhere near the squad since. He certainly hasn't got on the pitch. You know, that that seemed a personal thing to do, and that reflected very badly on him. So he's got the Dutch can't award of the season. Ha ha! Lenny. Couple of can't. Couple of can't for you. Um. Garth Crooks and Mika Richards. Yay! Enough said. Oh, no, but you have to explain to people because people oh, don't know. Just, they just, might well, just, just a couple of videos. No, that but explain well, why. Because just people... an, an anti-Brentford agendas. Okay, so are these are people, there are pundits on the radio and on no, well, TV. Ex-professional footballers that should know better. Um, and they've clearly got a, had, had a Brentford um, bias and um, anti an anti-Brentford bias, but seem to have warmed to us after they've met our manager. So since they've actually found out what they were talking about, they actually they actually have more um, um, of an educated stance on us now. So, But they've said some really stupid things early on in the season, and um, it's come back to, to bite them on their silly... Oh, <laughs> anybody else? Sure, anybody else? Ali? Just Leeds fans. Oh, there we go. I'm going to say that doesn't count, actually, as well, because I was going to say as well, uh, because I was going to say that Bamford, I was going to say Bamford, but it doesn't count because they're not in the Premier League anymore. Oh, I was going to say Madison, uh, but he doesn't count because he's not in the Premier League anymore. Anybody else? Uh, there we go. Um, uh, okay, let's just, let's, just, let's, just, let's, move. let's get some positivity going on best oppo- listen, opposition player but we have to respect because we are football fans here and we can respect people uh, and players and what they do and that's it. the best opposition player that you have seen in your flesh either home or away I'm going to go for Sherlock uh, Morgan Gibbs White it looks like he dragged Forrest from especially the last half of the season he dragged him over the line I understand and, and when he played against us were you impressed but when he played against us yeah he was he set up their goal I think they might have lost the game but he set up their goal and he was a constant kind of just like a force like a physical force and can the, you feel the force huh can, can, can you feel the force? the force yes I couldn't in the north stand but yes um he just, yeah, I, I think I could see what he was doing. I could see what he wanted to do. I could see what it meant to him. I know he's Cooper's boy. He clearly wanted to win that game. He didn't win that game. Cooper's man, better than Zidane? <laughs> Question. Uh, no. Yes, no, huh, huh? Move on. Yes, move on. Um, yeah, no, it's Morgan's... Uh, shout for Trippier, but it was Morgan White, yes. The Dutchman. That Harry Kane's quite a good player. 
Um, I'll give him that home and away. I think he's he's actually quality. But I am a big fan of Isaac at Newcastle. Um, I think at us, he's, he looks really exciting, young, fast. I think he scored against us in the, in the, the 2-1 game, but he, he looks a very, very promising player. Um, like some more of him, just not against us. JB? Uh, Saka at Arsenal. I thought he had good games against us. Yeah, very hard. Ali? Uh, I'm, I'm going to go for Harry Kane. I think he was great in both games. You know, He's been great in a very poor Spurs side. And I would say... Scoring 30 goals in that Spurs side is, is arguably a greater achievement than what Haaland did. Uh, for me, I'm just going to go for uh, when we went up to Newcastle, uh, I wasn't expected to get spanked. We got probably spanked up there. And I thought Bruno was on, on the next level. Actually, I thought he played a wicked, wicked game. But at the time as well, because we played them in October, and it's funny because even though they beat us and they beat us 5-1, they were going on about, ah, oh, yeah, we're going to go into Europe, we're going to get Europe. And I thought, yeah, you're having a laugh and you. Yeah, you've just beaten us, but you're not going to get Europe. And then obviously they just get to the next level. So I think that Bruno was really good. And the other player that I thought was actually really good, best opposition player, and I'm cheating a little bit here for going the second one, but it's just because he really impressed me and I'm not going for the Harlands and the, the big ones, just because I want to, you know, the players who played against us. And Mitoma, who played for, uh, for Brighton, and I just thought, I mean, him against Hickey, that battle down that white side, I mean, he, 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 he had Hickey for toast on that game, and I thought he had a wicked, wicked game. So those are two players who are not necessarily sort of spotlight players who I thought were, were, were wicked against us this season. Laney? I'm going to have to go Saka as well for, for Arsenal. It's just, um, I know he faded a bit towards the end of the season, but it's been a long, been a long couple of years for him, for a very young player. Um, more, more to come there. Um, Arsenal have, have done so well to nurture that talent. Um, I still, I still remember the reception he got when he, he came off the bench at our place in that first game in the Premier League. Um, and, and I think you know, by by that as a as a mark, I think a lot of Brentford fans will 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 agree that Saka is uh, just an incredible footballer. So yeah, I, 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 it, it, he's one of those players that. I kind of look to. I'm, set, I'm standing on the west, on the way, in the West End, looking at the game, and I'm thinking, my God, they're playing against Brentford, and he's one of those I pinch myself that, you know, he's got the world at his feet. So um, yeah, look forward to seeing him again next year. Looking forward to it. Everyone else, everyone done, everyone done their little little thing, little thing here. I don't think he played in the first game against us. I can't remember. And I can't remember who we played at Old Trafford. I think honourable mention over the season would be Rashford because that's the hot streak he went on was insane. I mean, no, I mean Rashford's been wicked, that, that, and that, that is no two ways about it. He's been wicked, but not against us as such. But the way that he's played as well, I, I was going to put him in my team of the season in the Observer when I did that as well. But then I had to go Harlan and Kane, which is a little bit obvious. But I just thought because he he, he had the streak towards the back end of the season, you know, which is which is which is fair enough. But um, anyway, we should move on. Some of you may not have this. I'm just saying, anyone can throw it into the top. You know, any opposition players, worst opposition players that you think you know into the mixer. You don't necessarily have to. Anybody worst opposition players at all? Because if you don't have to, it's no problem at all. Laney, anybody? Uh, the Dutch. Worst opposition players. Uh, De Gea against us was dreadful. Yeah. I mean, it was early on and he got a bit better. Um, but De Gea, really, you look at him and think how that bloke was Spanish number one when you see him play that badly. And I know he's great on other occasions, but against us, he had a man. Yeah. Uh, we got this, uh, Ellie. Yeah, I was going to go to Haya, and actually, in that, I was going to go to Haya, and actually, in that game, subsequently become a much better player. But in that game, Martinez was a poor. 
Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Anybody else? Anyway. I had James Madison. Um, he wasn't brilliant against us home or away. He had moments, but he should have been better. And throughout the season, he was capable of dragging Leicester up. And he did not drag Leicester up. He ducked a lot of times when he should have stood up. And he knew he was going to be fine. He knew he'd get signed up. So, yeah, I'd go Madison. Anybody else? I had I, I De Gea. Written down here, De Gea, Man United. Shocking. I've put, did Maguire play in that game as well? He played, yeah. that, he played that blind yeah. pass, didn't he? That Ericsson and him fucked up. And, um, yeah, so, yeah, they... Well, yeah, but I'll go De Gea. I, I, just, I can just say, I think you could take anybody out of that United back five in that game. They were all shocking. Oh, not very good, and it's really it's. Amazing. I mean, listen, fair play to fair play to them at the moment now. Where they're at the moment now, because at that, that, that time you can see them going anywhere near where they are now. And, and and again, it's coming back to the whole Chelsea scenario where in those days Chelsea they're lucky they got a little bit of a a, 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 a false a, a head start on this season because if they didn't. They they could have been fighting. Uh, was it is, uh, could have been fighting Leicester for one of those relegation places, which is the honest truth. But anyway, we should move. On forward as well, we're going to talk about the unbelievable moment of the season. It doesn't have to be a Brentford moment, it could be any moment of the season as well. And I know that a lot of people don't have that as well. I'm going to go for it first because other people say, hey, it's got to go for the Sheffield Wednesday. Sheffield Wednesday winning promotion, right, after being 4-0 down in the first leg of the playoff semi-final. Right? For me, it was like it was cut and dry. I've got lots of Wednesday mates. I spoke to them beforehand. Lo- lo- lots of them weren't going to go to the second leg. We had the situation where, again, listen, you know, they flush them out. You know, but, uh, you know, we've got Darren Moore, Wednesday's manager, lovely, lovely bloke. Wednesday lose 4-0. All of a sudden, Wednesday fans start racially abusing him. Out of order, bang out of order. Yeah, they've identified the idiot. You know, what I'm saying he lives up in Rotherham. And he's been identified. He's been banned and everything like that. But you know, and there's a few other characters that did it as well. Darren Moore was feeling really down after that because he's thinking, I'm not getting the support. What well, I think should we get? But he came back and he won that game. Won it. <laughs> got back to five. Got four all and five four and five all and penalties. Won that game on penalties. I was thinking, boy, you have actually busted the gasket here. Your team. Right, you've done what you needed to do to get to Wembley. You've got to done it. But to be fair, they 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 nicked a win. They 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 stole a win. Whatever they did, got a goal in the 90th minute. Well, not the 90th. It was the 120th minute. The last minute of extra time. Unbelievable. Fair play to them. Got a lot of Wednesday mates, Tango and all that lot chatting to them beforehand, which is all good. Fair play to them. But that was for me. That was a jeopardy that I keep talking about. That me and Laney talk about on the podcast that I do miss a little bit. But Christ Almighty, I wouldn't have missed that been 4-0 down in the first league. Anybody else? Uh, for me, it was Ivan Tony missing a penalty. Um, 
Brentford's relationship with penalties over the years has always been a little bit problematic. We've not been very good at it. And then we went on this run of 32 successive successful penalties, Ivan counting for 22 of them. Um, and, th- and then it had to end eventually. Um, but that was an unbelievable, in a bad way, <laughs> moment. Lenny. Um, Brighton won Everton 5 I, I think was, was, was remarkable and, and ultimately saved their skin because it, it was a game that just seemed to come out of the blue where Brighton, Brighton had, I think they just beaten Arsenal and, and you know everyone was expecting Brighton to just carry on demolishing teams because they're just an incredible team this year um, and then Everton turned up and just pulled their pants down. It was a, it was a remarkable watch, um, and they, they, they can thank that for, for being in the Premier League next year. Ali? Um, you having nicked what I was going to do, Sheffield Wednesday Posh. Um, if we leave, I think the most, two, most Brentford one is us beating the champions home and away. Um, and Man City. Man City. Man City, Man City, home and away, especially away. But also the Liverpool seven, Man United nil one, because it was at the time when everybody was starting to go, oh, Man United might actually challenge for the title here. They were on that insanely hot streak with Rashford, and Liverpool, who were playing really badly, just dismantled them completely. And the Dutchman. Luton going up, obviously. Notts County's refusal to die in the playoff semi and the final. Um, but I think unbelievable moment. Notts, you said Notts County? Yeah. Um, Explain to people, because a lot of people, again, this is going down to the, to, to, to the conference as well. So Notts County, um, explain that? County, yeah, second in the conference behind high profile, Ryan Reynolds, Wrexham, still getting a billion points and coming second. And then the playoffs being down, losing unexpectedly, pulling that back in. To who, who are they losing to? Oh, now you're putting me on the spot now, Billy. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do, do your research. Losing to... Uh, no, 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 Cheeserfield. <laughs> um, yeah, and, and refusal to die, I thought, was great. But if I, if I can, sorry, my, my top one, unbelievable moment. I think watching a very poor World Cup, but watching a very poor World Cup with six Brentford players represented out there, I think that reality of picking what games you wanted and seeing our Danish contingent, Brian, Godos and Raya, all being involved, I think, is really an unbelievable thing. And on the uh, this is this is, as you know, this is the Sherlock. And on the flip side of the World Cup, um, Harry Kane missing a penalty for England. We all thought he was going to score that second penalty. We all shouldn't have thought he was going to score that second penalty. Yeah, that sucked. That was awful. So, so is this the biggest? This is unbelievable. Oh, where are we? It was unbelievable. Un- it was unbelievable. Yeah, I, I genuinely thought that was going to happen when he missed it. It was unbelievable. How about the um, European champions getting relegated? Uh, that's true. Is, that was unbelievable. So Leeds European champions getting relegated. Yeah, that, do you want me to explain that? Yes. Um, so Leeds United, the perennial champions of Europe, they got relegated. From, did they? Yeah, apparently they did. They got on the last game of the season. Um, Sam Sam Matface took them down. Allardyce took took them relegated them. Um, he was there because he's got an amazing record of saving teams from relegation. Like West Brom last season. And, 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 and the last two teams he's managed, he's managed to relegate. Brilliant. And he's, he's walked away with a couple of million in his pocket. Happy days, mate. Happy days, happy days. Right, so this is all mystery with the biggest surprise of the season. Okay, for, for me, you're talking about Leeds there. My big, my, actually, my biggest surprise was Sam 
Matterface, as you call him, Halladice, actually returning to management at Leeds right, after relegating West Brom and about Leeds telling us how wonderful they are and the football that they play and Bielsa and they've got these great players and they're champions of Europe and they only play a specific style and then they got really desperate and they thought, oh, let's get, some, let's, get the, 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 let's get the conveyor belt man in and let's just get him in and just sort of play some crap football and let's just try and rescue ourselves. And for me... He's got nothing to learn, Phil. Huh? He's got nothing to learn. No, no, I'm just thinking this is, just like, this is so not Leeds. And, and it actually, it caught me off guard because I just thought there were probably other people they could have got in and probably would have done a, you know, and, and done a better job. But they, they got Sam Matavese in. Allardyce and and he fluffed it and so for me that's the biggest surprise it, but but saying that the other on, on, a, on a more serious note a biggest surprise was that, was the football pundits all backing Gary Lineker on mass after he compared the UK's immigration policy to a 1930s Germany so now for me look Gary Lineker does he's like he's like Ivan Tony Gary Lineker does what Gary Lineker does which is fair enough and he's cool and he went there and said but for me when the BBC came and said right mate you're out of order the fact that everyone properly backed him it was like proper union style old school listen listen here we go we're backing you this is the story and the BBC just shat themselves they didn't know what to do right that for me I thought was wicked uh, JB uh, that Mike Bassett didn't get the Leeds job but that was actually just to let Sam take that face off and you'll see exactly what's going on there Ali Biggest surprise of the season that Jacob Rees-Mogg apparently watches Match of the Day every week. <laughs> That's, no, no, we didn't say the biggest lie of the season, actually. That comes later. Um, the Dutchman. I think Bournemouth escaping was a real surprise to me. I was actually really pleased that that happened. But I didn't see any way that they were going to escape that. So massive credit to Gary for what he's done there. Um, I didn't see that coming. Uh, Shut up. I had exactly the same as the Dutchman. I was okay, that's I was like, that one. Bournemouth, sorry. <laughs> uh, have, you done, have you done you? Yeah, no, I don't think anyone said Bournemouth staying up. No, no, no. That's <laughs> right. Okay, so um, I'm going to ask as well, um, for this season, what was the best or the biggest Brentford women's moment of the season? Ali Milani. Oh, my goodness, there's too many to choose from. Um, obviously, the game at the GTEx right up there, especially as they won. Um I don't know. I've, I've, I've got to go. I've got to go for Chloe Logie banging in thirty-six goals. Okay. That's pretty. That, you've got to say that is pretty massive. Big in the big in the game, as they say as well. Anybody else as well? For me, I think the game at the G Tech as well, which is the game against Watford, which they played, which there's a crowd of just under of just over five thousand as well. Actually, that was wicked because it's the first time that Brentford women have ever played in the in the big stadium. They played at Griffin Park beforehand, but they played in the big stadium. It was put out there. The word came out, and we had five thousand fans in there. It was a great game. Great atmosphere. They did the full Monty. And people got on this view. I had a marvellous day out. And I know a lot of people had a great day out. And hopefully they'll replicate it again sometime very, very soon. We say, oh, I've got to do. Laney. And let's not forget, England England played there against Australia at, at the GTEC. And also we hosted, I, I technically it may have been last season, but last summer, we um, hosted Euros, women's Euros games at the GTEC. So it's been an incredible season for women's football at Brentford. And we've now unveiled a, uh, a, a women's coach for the, uh, for the men's under-18s team. So it's, it, it's, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a story that's like, conjoined with the men's team. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a very positive, very um, excellent progression for our club excellent job as well JB 
it's just been the profile that the women's team has got. I mean, and the Brentford's women's team, actually the original one that goes back to the 1960s, um, obviously demise and then came back again. But um, yeah, to see the profile it's getting now and uh, the, the, all the information you can find about them is excellent. Excellent, which is all good. Listen, uh, and talking about, you know, what, what, you know, talking about this season and, and the women's team and things that have risen in profile what would you like to see more of next season I'm going to go to Ali Malali like, what from the women's in general I'd like to say, I'd like to see the profile of the women's team go higher I'd like to see them play more games at the GTEC I would really like to see some images of the women's players at the GTEC and not just the men Okay, and just, and just in general, it could be anything. What would you like to see more of next season? It could be Brentford, it could be anything. It could be football, it could be TV, it could be books. Uh, Brentford on a cup run that actually gets us to a yes. final. Yeah. We've never made it to a major yeah. final in, in all these years, even in the, back in the 30s. We've never done it. Uh, got to the semi-final, didn't we, in the League Cup a few years ago against Spurs when we couldn't be there. So it'd be great to actually uh, reach a major final. Lainey? Um, I probably would like to see us... Um, qualify for Europe next season um, whether that is from a cup run I'll, I'll be quite happy with that I'll agree with, with the, the previous answers or from league position um, I think we'll struggle with league position I'm not going to take it for granted I think we've had a brilliant one this year I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sort of uh, expecting it as guaranteed next year but yeah a, a, a cup win would be, would be bloody great wouldn't it Sherlock uh, Keen Lewis Potter he was looking good before he got injured. He got injured. I'd like to see a lot more of him next season. The Dutchman. Yeah, I think more awareness of the other teams around, like, like the women's team, like the B team, like the others. The fact that we're talking about all of them, I think, is a massive positive. Um, more exposure for those, you know, not, not the first team um, would be great. You know, more games at the GTEC, as Ali said, more publicity, the fact they've got you know, a few pages in the programme now. All those things are good towards having you know, a wider club than just the the professional first team in the Premier League. Uh, and for me, I, I would like to actually see more of people throwing their bodies behind the ball like we've seen uh, towards the back end of the season where literally people have literally just been launching themselves behind the ball and just kind of just stopping goals, which I think has been absolutely fantastic. So let's have more launching your bodies behind the goal <laughs> at Brentford. Because, players, players. No, players. Yeah, no, not the fans. The fans, fans could do it as well. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, thought, I thought you were going to say you'd like to see more of David Beckham in Hendon. Oh, there you can see. Well, that's that. I was telling you something. That was interesting. Yeah, I met David Beckham playing at the Brentford B team at Hendon as well. And I said, "Hello, David. How are you doing?" And we had a little chat about Miami because I'm going there in a few weeks' time. And uh, he was, it was all good. And, he, and he's not going down there at all. But you know. But, and I said to him, "I was at your party a couple of years ago, and we had a little chat about that as well." You know. But anyway, but David Beckham is not going back to Hendon as far as I'm concerned. But anyway, because um, <laughs> it was far too random. Um, but anyway, listen. Talking about other things as well, because we're going to be coming towards the end of this podcast. I just want to know um, the best and worst VAR moments of the season, just quickly. Um, Laney, Laney. Um, the worst was um, Ivan Tony's at Fulham. Um, I, I, I thought he was certainly onside, uh, and we should have we should have been winning that game. Um, the best one was well, did we have like a thousand during the game against Liverpool? Wasn't there like one every five minutes for every, every time we got a corner, we got a VAR decision? And I think one of them may have been right, one of them may have been wrong. I think we, it, it was a season where I, I got. I've got, I can't guarantee this. I've got a feeling that they were, there was more good ones than bad ones. So, yeah, I, I, yeah I, I'm, I'm quite happy with VAR, actually. Ali? Um, 
I don't know if a worse one, but the, the best one was, was the one at Arsenal away because it was so evidently wrong. <laughs> and we were all convinced the goal was going to be wrong. So what happened? What happened again? Just quickly to tell people. Sorry? Tell people. What happened? Well, Norgard was quite patently offside for the goal that we scored. And I think they forgot to draw the lines on or something. And we were all expecting it to be ruled out. And then it stood as a goal. And uh, Mikel Arteta wanted his three points back. Yeah, and, and, and all the Arsenal fans keep on blaming us for losing the league, which had nothing to do with us anyway, because they just didn't win enough games. I'm going to talk about something which is non-Brentford. I'm talking about Richarlison's last-minute equaliser for Spurs at Anfield. When they went down, they came back. And then they were like, yay, we oh, you're equaliser. Oh, no! So, yeah, that was, uh, that was quite funny, with VAR that's one of the times when you hate VAR you think no VAR you've got it wrong because we are really celebrating and having a good time because we were like rubbish and then we were brilliant and then oh no we fluffed it you know what I'm saying because Richardson's goal was ruled out in the last minute up at Anfield uh, the Dutchman I think the oddest one for me was Josh's winner against Forest, where we all went nuts you know when we scored in cheaty time as we said at the time, and then that was VAR. That was the most random where I thought, what the hell was that VAR all about? You know, and then you realise that someone may have been interfering somewhere in the way and Worcester and that, that was in our favour. That seemed like an eternal wait um, for me. But I think overall, like you said, I, I think that there was a league table published, wasn't there, of what would be without VAR and nothing really changed other than we'd have, we'd have got one place higher. And, but overall, I think that's probably my take on it. We've probably been about 50-50 on the decisions this year. Sherlock, you seem to have gone in our favour this year than... Previously, you know, some good ones as Lane says, Liverpool, Salah's goal. You know, there's, there's things that I think overall seems about fair. It's still a nonsense, but that's a different Sherlock, you got any? Oh, you know. uh, no, no pressure, no pressure. No, no, but, no mean, Sherlock's on it. No. Okay. I had Arsenal away as best and worst because it was a terrible use of VAR, but we benefited from it, so who cares? Okay, there we go. <laughs> we, we love the area, we love it. And, and Arsenal Fan TV are still ranting about it now, at the moment now. I'm going to ask you as well, can you, oh, can you make a... Can you make a prediction? I'm going to ask you to make a prediction. For, I know no one can do it. I'm going to just music. I want to know because Dutchman as well. Because I think you asked this one as well. For uh, next season, you know, we've had the la na 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 na, which is lovely. We've been doing it, but it's a bit played out, as we said, you know. And everyone's starting to do it now. Everyone's doing Hey Jude. We might need to change up our match music for next season. So, uh, any thoughts, the Dutch? Well, seeing as the one I raise it as a point, but I'm not really sure what the answer is, but I, I would just suggest that we need to not carry on doing the same thing every game. Give us a song. As in, we saw... Uh, we need a song. We need... I haven't... Oh, I, can't, I can't give you a song. It'll be a goth song from the 80s that'll be completely inappropriate. Um, I'm talking about more about... Does this become samey? I'd like a song that's ours rather than songs that are universally adapted by everybody. And I know we've really embraced Hey Jude and we've embraced... Weiss is on fire but when he's not on fire or when he's no longer with us I think we need a backup plan I think we need a plan B and to change it up because I think it'll become a bit tired yeah, I, I have to agree it's, it is becoming a bit tired and um, you know you, you, can't, you can't you can't hate hey Jude you, I mean, you just can't because it's you know it's been there since the very beginning although they used to come out the team used to come out to hey ho but like the Snow White thing hey ho hey ho Hi ho, it's off to work we go. That used to, the, the team used to run out to that in the late seventies. Don't, I'm not advocating the return of that, but I'm saying, hey Jude, I'm hearing in every stadium in the country now. We need to retain it somewhere. I say we, you know, after the game, I'm saying I go, hey Jude, bin status quo. It means nothing to me. Even though he was a Brentford fan, yeah, one of them, Rhino. Yeah, yeah, he was. 
Yeah, yeah, but it was... Yeah, anyway. So I'll go hard fire instead. Um, living for the weekend if, if the game's on a Saturday and we win. Uh, hard to beat if it's a draw. And then cash machine if it's a defeat. We, we have to do that. And then free, free from desire, I, I'm loving. I'm saying keep it for another year because I think the bouncing up and down. But if we need one of those anthems, those like everyone can join in, I go, every, everyone, everybody dance now. Um, Going to make you sweat by CNC Music Factory. Everybody dance now. That's the yeah. one we go. Uwe Rosler dance now. Obviously, obviously not Uwe Rosler anymore because he's gone. And if you want to, we, there's a video for that on Besotted actually. Still, we've got a video. No, actually, no, no, no. Um, or I'm um, gone as a DJ by Faithless, which 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 everyone would dance. Everyone would dance to. Um, it's, it's some. I, I I do love. I do love the Free from Desire, but maybe we need to replace that with something from that kind of ilk. JB. I was just going to go full on retro, go back to the 30s and have the Hamwell Silver Brass Band playing uh, the post horn gallop uh, to be, enter the. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Welcome the players onto the pitch and afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> well, when we win the league next season, we'll just play We Are the Champions by Queen, won't we? Oh, <laughs> controversial, but they are like you're thinking there. No, actually, actually, we will rock you. We will rock you as well. I mean, I was trying to think of this as well, but I was just thinking. I mean, I love our originals. You know, we used to do a message for you, Rudy, which you used to sing in the pub as well. And uh, also, like I said, you know, for, for but we can't do that in the season because it's, it's very player specific. He's going to be iron like a lion. It's Brian. You know what I'm saying? But um, you know, but we, I'm just thinking that something, as Laney says, that's going to really rock the crowd is actually quite difficult. And it's not difficult, but it's just quite specific, like you know what I'm saying. So it maybe need a little bit of thinking. So maybe if, if anyone's got any thoughts, maybe put them forward, put them through. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that's something I noticed you mentioned there as well. Um, something that actually worked really well, and it's actually quite bad, but it doesn't really matter because sometimes you just have to own it. Because even if something is quite cheesy, you own it. Uh, when we said that if we ever beat Middlesbrough, we'll do the birdie song. Oh, the remember. birdie song's dead. Yeah, we did the birdie song. Do you remember? Oh, yeah. I've got a put. I've put it in So what happened is that basically what's happened is Middlesbrough used to beat us every single time. They beat us, beat us, beat us every time for years and years and years on end. And we said to uh, 12th Man, because they kept inviting us to their bar every time, and we'd go to their bar after the game, behind the bar, behind the ground, and we'd have a drink, and they'll be like, they beat us again. Oh, never mind. Bill, how are you doing? Pats around the back, and they're playing all their music, being really quite smug. But no, they're cool because they're mates of ours and everything like that. And then the following year, one year we said to them, Tell you something, if you if we beat you, you've got to put the birdie song on the DJ thing, and we're gonna come and we're gonna do the birdie dance. They said, Yeah, all right, we'll do that. And we beat them for the first time. We went behind the bar and they're all standing up there, they put the birdie song, and we all started to do the birdie song dance. That's right, and they were not happy at all there's quite a lot of us doing the birdie song in the middle of Middlesbrough with all these Brentford fans behind the stand and they weren't happy at all can you imagine the whole of the G-Tech doing the birdie song <laughs> after we beat Liverpool all, all, all of the players walking round clucking clucking their elbows it would be bonkers that's right so there you go here's a thought for you everybody and for the Americans out there just Google the birdie song it is really bad but it's so bad it's brilliant Free for Desire seems a really good option <laughs> that's right there you go so there you go but anyway listen Shut up your finally 
I just want you all, everybody, going around the table to make one prediction for next season. Not a, not a, not a, not, a, not a, where, where Brentford are going to be, but just some a prediction what's going to happen. Like it's like you're a Mystic Meg. If anyone remembers Mystic Meg, God rest his soul. I'm saying so, Mystic Meg. Um, if you can remember the Mystic Meg uh, scenario and make a prediction for next season, JB. Uh, Luton won't get relegated. Oh, interesting. Ali Malali. Uh, Brentford women will get promoted. Oh, there you go. The Dutchman. Sergi Canis will score the goal that wins us the League Cup at Wembley. Oh, interesting. Not Brentford related, sorry. Todd Bowley, owner, manager, like a cross between Ron Nodes and Vince McMahon at Chelsea, just smashing things up, spending ludicrous amounts of money on left backs to play at forwards and all that sort of jazz. A hot millionaire mess. Oh, interesting. Laney? Need to get relegated. <laughs> oh, there you go. Interesting. And for me, Large Sam Allardyce will end up at Nottingham Forest. <laughs> so listen, anyway, listen, that's, this is the end of the Besotted Pride of West London 2022-23 end of season roundup. Hey! We're in the globe. Hey! We've had lots of beer. Hey! We've had more beer. Hey! We've had some food. Hey! And more beer. Hey! And we've had lots and lots of fun. My name's Billy Grant and I'm sitting here with JB. Hey! Come on, you bees. Ali Manelli. Hey! Got the Dutchman. Oh yes. Got Shakespeare. Or oh, what your name is? Up the Beast. Yeah, and Laney. Have a banana. It got to that stage where I can't even remember people's names, but it doesn't really, really matter. Look, I said, don't forget to subscribe to us on all good podcast channels and also besotted.com forward slash beer. Buy us a beer. Buy us a beer. And also, don't forget to also check out, we've got more podcasts coming all over the summer. We're going to the US, going to the US tour, and you can listen back, you can listen forward, you can listen to whatever you want to do. But as we're sitting here, Thank you for listening to this review. As we say, we are very, very happy. We've done very well this season. As we say, come on, Ubies, and thank you to the Globe. They've taken really good clear of us tonight. Ubies. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the Talksport Fan Network. Talksport, powered by fans.